Coit, I think I'm going to join a cult. Said no one ever. Well, Shell, that's because no one ever sets out to join a cult. Usually it's in a very insidious indoctrination process. And you and I both know this personally because between the two of us, we have, what, 37 37 years years. of time spent in two different destructive cults. And that's why we're so excited for a new podcast called What What the the Flock, where we're not only bringing on all sorts of different cult survivors to share their courageous stories, but also to unwind exactly how indoctrination happens in the first place. That's right, Shell, because... Worldwide, there's over 10,000 active cults that they know about, and the stories are endless. But Hoyt, so are the people that want to stand up to this cultic activity. And right here, we're going to provide a safe platform for them to tell those stories. So please join me, Hoyt Richards. And me, Shell Rowland, streaming on every major podcast platform and our YouTube channel. And you'll probably find yourself saying, What the flock? Hello, welcome to our next episode of What the Flock Cult Survivor Stories. So I think I'm going to start with our quote. You good with that? Sure. Quote of the day. Quote of the day. People are loving our quotes of the day. Until the lion tells his side of the story, the tale will always glorify the hunter. And I really love this quote, especially because our goal as cult survivors and our goal on this podcast is to provide a safe place for the lion. We are all lions with what we have made it to the other side of. So I'm I'm incredibly excited to hear more of Hoyt's story today mm-hmm. publicly. Every time he tells his story, I learn something new, you know, other nuances, and I'm just completely fascinated every time. And he's got his friend Dar here today, who I already love (laughs) and can't wait to hear them kind of compare and contrast. Dar is from the same group, cult, that- Cult. Cult. That no Hoyt was from. Yeah. So, yeah. and I'll let, I was going to share the name, yeah. but I'll let you do all that. So, uh, without further ado, take it away, well, Hoyt Richards. And, and welcome, Dar Dixon, my dear old friend and fellow cult survivor. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. It's and, fun to uh, be here. And uh, this is very special for me personally because um, Dar and I were in the same group. And we actually were together when we figured out it was a cult. Yeah. You know, so um, that was a groundbreaking moment for both of us that, uh, <laughs> that you know, but forever really changed uh, our, our lives from there forward, you know. But uh, I, I've said to many people, if, if I had not met you in that time, I don't know where I'd be right now. So I'm very, very grateful that we somehow intersected at that point in our lives because that really, that really, um, Saved me personally. You know, yeah. I, I I thank you for yeah. saying that. And um, it it as we're, we'll get into all this, but uh, the time that that Hoyt and I met up, uh, and when I first laid eyes on him, and I'd seen that, you know, I don't know if you've gotten into everything yet, <laughs> but uh, the likelihood of that occurring, mm. I, I don't know what the odds are. I'm not a mathematician, but um, as as you said, and we've talked about, I was not in a good place. Yeah. You were in a not good place as well. Uh, and uh, I'm eternally grateful that we were able to meet up and to share that apartment mm-hmm. and sit down and talk about all of this shit that we mm-hmm. never talked about. 
Yeah, literally deconstruct it. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, you know, the reverse engineered everything. Mm. Yeah. So thank you, man. I never really well, said that to you, no. uh, but well, thank you. I really course. mean that. No, it's, it's mutual. And so that's our teaser of where we're going to get to. Let's okay. go back. <laughs> that's like, like, like Breaking Bad when you kind of- Bury the lead. You, you, exactly. Yeah. Bury the lead. So we're going to get there. But, now a word but, from our sponsors. But, but let's go back to the beginning because one of the things we really want to do with the show is- kind of create, you know, the the understanding that it's kind of a perfect storm, you know, how these things kind of come together, like mm-hmm. the context kind of where you were in, at that time in your life and kind of uh, what was going on, you know, maybe not only in your life, but around you. And so when you meet, you know, this person that kind of affects you, just kind of lay out kind of the, the landscape of how it all came together. When I first met Fred? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I guess I should specify. Yes. When you first meet the cult leader, Freddie Myers, otherwise known as Frederick Von Myers. Freddie's dead, yo. <laughs> um, Freddie's dead. <laughs> Thank goodness. I was I working got... in, and this, <laughs> I mean, we're just going to get really weird. Yeah, so. just no. Please do. I promise yeah. you. I can't wait. I was living in North County, San Diego, in a town called Encinitas. Mm. Next to Encinitas, uh, just on Pacific Coast Highway, which is Highway 1 down there, is a town called Lucadia. Lucadia is like that big. It's mm. teeny tiny. There was a Hare Krishna restaurant there. <laughs> I see where this is going yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when we moved to San Diego, a lot of uh, my, my families, my parents' friends were always like, hey, we're going to be in San Diego because mm. they wanted free room and board, right? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they'd go out everywhere. And, and one of these times I went to SeaWorld, the Hare Krishnas were always there handing out stickers and flowers. I got one of their books. I was like, I was intrigued. I started the vegetarian diet. I was like 22 years old. And I was like, okay, these guys are asking me to join up with the Hare Krishnas. I'm like, shaved head, gold tilka down my nose, flowing robes. Yeah, no, nah, I don't think so. Hmm. And uh, But I, I would work there so I could eat for free. Fred came in one day with John Andreatis, this younger guy who's my age and another woman whose name forget escapes me. Mm-hmm. And the first thought I had was, who is that asshole? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, got this, he, he was really a handsome guy and his face was deeply tanned and he had these white teeth and these piercing blue eyes. And Sounds he like just, he looks like a cult leader almost. <laughs> I mean, well, it, it was striking. Like he, yeah. he kind of looked like he used to always take mysterious, his at least. Oh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I guess mysterious. He, he was an attention getter. You weren't going right, to miss him. Right. And he bleached his hair out like straw-colored gold. It was just, <laughs> it was unbelievable. So, what year is this now? That was 1984. Okay, cool. Yeah, right. and that was like the the, sum, the end of the summer, '84. Anyway, long story short, I went out from, I got out of the kitchen and I went over past the table that he and John were sitting at. And this, I think her name was Lauren, whatever. Oh yeah, Lauren. That's right. right. Yeah. She's married to Donna Weissman. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the memory works. Yeah, right. Lauren. Well done. <laughs> so I don't know. It was really weird. I walked by the table and the next thing I knew, I just go, I don't know what I'm doing. And I sat myself down and Fred reaches over and goes, he was really, he had a way of talking that was really insane. 
he, he took my hand and I, I'm like, why am I holding this guy's hand? He had this <laughs> incredible like vice grip. And he goes, yes, dear, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he starts going into me. You're this, you're that. And I was like, what is happening? Wow. And he just starts talking hundred miles an hour. All I know is that whatever he was saying, which I don't remember in the initial phase, mm-hmm. made me kind of lean into him. Mm. And then he asked my birthday. And mm. then John pulls out the ephemeris, which is what people, astrologers use to find out what your sign is and your moon and your sun and your Jupiter. Right. And, and then he just starts breaking it down for me. And I felt at that time as a 22-year-old who was pretty lost in mm. my life mm-hmm. and who had just suffered a major concussion playing football in college. Oh, wow. That like, this guy's onto something. He, he gets it. You know, there's something more for me. And... uh Dude, that so began, it begins. That be, that, yeah, yeah, so it begins. The indoctrination that process. Was yeah. And, and I didn't want to leave San Diego, but I really liked John. This guy was weird as hell, but it was an interesting weird. <laughs> yeah. Right? right? No, intriguing. No, it's, it's Like you can't look yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right? no. no. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's a, it's a little bit like a car accident that you have to stop and investigate. Right. You know? oh. It's like, but, but, yeah. but anything out of the norm is kind of interesting, right? Especially... When you're younger and trying to figure out you know, mm-hmm. what you want to do in your life, right? Catches your attention. 100%. Yeah. So uh, they were living, staying at Lauren's apartment in Santa Monica, which is about a two-hour trip from Lucadia. Mm-hmm. And I went up there, I don't know, like three days later, and they're in this little one-bedroom apartment that Lauren has with her dog in somewhere in Santa Monica. I couldn't remember where it was uh, if my life depended on it. And, uh, you know... It it was just wild. Fred was just a hundred miles an hour, you know, bouncing off the walls. All he was eating was salads, taking herbs, and constantly make noise alert. <laughs> he'd make this noise all the time because his head was all jacked up, yeah. and his head was all jacked up because right. he'd just come to Santa Monica right. to get. Uh, I think he got his eyes done. I don't think he got his nose done. I think he was getting his eyes done, right? Yeah, probably. And he created this fantastic story. Dear, I was driving down the street on my bicycle with John, and we were just having a mad time. <laughs> and I'm like, who talks like this? But I was, you know, I was intrigued. It was entertaining. And he said, this mad dean just pulled out in front of me and hit the bike, and I flipped up in the air, and I said, oh, <laughs> and I landed on my feet. And I was like... It's like the big fish tail. Yeah. And, and I look at him like, does he really? Oh, sounds yeah. good to me. Okay, wow. Just So just chant home if I get yeah. hit on my bike. Okay, great. Mm. And uh, anyway, later this that day, he had to go meet Sylvester Stallone. And I was like, what, what the <laughs> fuck out of here? So in those days, in, the, in 84, it was Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like they were back and back right. with the box office. Right, games. right. And I, so, back to back. yeah, like, I mean, yeah, Rambo was interesting mm-hmm. and Rocky, you know, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. And so I was like, really? And yes, 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 blah, blah, blah. And his mother, what was her name? It was Jackie. Yeah. Jackie she, was really into astrology. That's right. That's right. Mm, right. Interesting. And she had found out about Freddie from someone. Of course, Freddie's going by Frederick Von Mears. His name was Fred Myers. Right. But. Just well, we glamorize we can get that's into a whole yeah. evolution. Yeah. Did yeah. you tell him about that? No, a little bit. Yeah. We'll get yeah. into it. We'll get into it. Yeah. Cool. So so uh so yeah, he says, I'm gonna go see Lord Stallone. 
Lord Stallone. <laughs> Everybody's Lord and Duchess and Mad and Free and <laughs> Deans. I'm like, what does all this mean? What's yeah, going on? The lingo. But yeah, and he was, but he was loaded hilarious. language. Yeah, loaded language. Loaded yeah. language. Yep. And he was, he was super charismatic. He was, he was a handsome guy, uh, and he was energetic. Yeah, and, absolutely. And just hilarious. He was so funny, I couldn't stop laughing. He would just say ridiculous shit like I said, <laughs> oh, and I'm like, okay, whatever, bro. <laughs> right. But I'm going to go with it. So <laughs> we, get, we get into, I don't know what time it was, you know, three, four hours later. We get into this little, uh, like, Honda Civic hatchback that Lauren owned and Fred and, and John were borrowing, you know, just because of her largesse. And we we go up to the Palisades where Stallone lived at the time, and the streets shall remain nameless. Yes. Uh, and we pull up, you know, we we go up to the Tony side of the Palisades, which is north of Sunset. And uh, I didn't know that then, but I was like, where are we going? It's made, oh, it's obviously this rich neighborhood. There's these hedges and there's these big, you know, uh, 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 brick walls and stone walls and gates and cameras everywhere. And we stop and the gate is cracked open. We stop at this place and the gate has been cracked open you know, a few feet. And you can see just enough through the crack in the gate, the door to the front of the house, this big mansion. Mm -hmm. And there's Stallone on, on his phone. And he's, he's got, you know, a cordless phone. And, and you can hear him, you know, yeah, how you doing? You know, he's talking like this. I'm like, fuck it, that's Sylvester Stallone. Okay, this is cool as fuck. I'm glad I came today. And we're in the car and John and I are a bit starstruck. Right. And remember, John and I are the same age. We're 22 years old. And Freddie's 42, I mean. He's yeah, like, he's like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got yeah, 15 years on us at least, 15, 16, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I always thought it was like 20 or more. Anyway. He came unglued. That was the first time I saw a chink in the armor. He came unglued and starts screaming at John for parking in front of the gate so Stallone can see that Freddie's coming up in this jalopy. Oh, right? Yeah, and this, yeah. this, like, these, these people are loaded. Yeah. Right. Like the entry price to get in in those days was mm. probably like $10 million. Today, it's well north of that. So, and I was like, what's going on? Well, now I get it. Back then, I was incredibly naive. and Right, well. right. But uh, he was going to go in and run game on, on, right. on Sly. Mm. And he did. He tried. You know, he, you know I got to give him college effort. We used to get no. phone calls at 4 Yeah, yeah he would talk to him. And, and uh, I actually met um, Bridget Nielsen. He was dating not, Bridget not, Nielsen. Not so long ago. Because that was one of the things that he was warning him not to marry her, and then oh I met her God. recently, and she's and I said, do you, "We kind of have a strange connection." I go, "Do you by chance remember when Sly was into this crazy astrologer named Freddie Von Mears?" And she goes, "Oh my God, I hated that that guy." And I was like, "Well, he was my cult leader," you know? and she's like, "What?" I've got to no, get your I number. I said, yeah. It's too funny. <laughs> have you guys talked yet? No, I haven't. I, no, I talked to her that night. I haven't talked to her since. But uh, I would she's, love to she's, talk a, to she's her. a really, really cool girl. And uh, she, yeah, she, he remembered that part too. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bet she yeah, did. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He, uh, yeah, he, he ran in there that day. Uh, like I said, I didn't know at the time, you, you know, but I found out, you know, what, what Fred's deal was, was he would get these gems mm -hmm. that were, completely inferior quality and 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 so back up just a little bit i'm half iranian and i was born in iran 
my father's only sister married into one of the biggest jeweler families in Iran. And so consequently, I was able to see really nice gems and what they looked like from turquoise to diamonds to emeralds to rubies, mm -hmm. sapphires, you name it. I, you know, I'm not interested in that. It doesn't, you know, they're beautiful. I can appreciate them, but I don't care if I have a gem or not. Right. And that right. was Fred's whole angle. Anyway, he would get these inferior gems from this Iranian guy. <laughs> can we ever get a break, Iranian? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, <laughs> 45 years of just taking shots. Anyway, <laughs> this guy's name was Pharaoh. He's no longer with us. And uh, allegedly he would pray over them and imbue them with energy and uh -huh. then sell it to you for exorbitant prices. That wow. was his hustle. Okay. And so that's what he went in to do to Stallone. Was and to so, sell him some gems. Yeah, Correct. Be, because that was based on the astrological reading. He, he claimed that from the astrological reading, he could determine which gems would basically enhance your strengths and which ones would compensate for your weaknesses. So it's like a gem prescription. Come on, look right? at the look on your face. How good is that rap, right? That's some excellent bullshit. That's some excellent bullshit. Right? Yeah. Well done, Fred. Yeah. yeah. And, and it had to be put in a way so it was touching your skin because the actual gem had to touch the skin so it couldn't be put in a ring where- Had to have it was, contact. Had to have contact yes. with the skin. But Go. wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't have a ring with this with the gem touching your skin and it had to be solid gold band, yeah. right? And it had to be at least three carats or something. Like it had to be big. Of course it did. Just by chance. <laughs> yeah, by chance. Yeah. Had, no slivers it of had gems. To be big, yeah. Yeah. It had to be no big. No little, yeah. you know, baguettes of yeah. whatever. Um, you could wear it around your chest. Well, I have a little bit of a hairy chest, mm -hmm. and he had prescribed I don't remember. Imperial Precious Topaz. Thank you. Imperial yeah, Precious yeah. Topaz. Yeah. And Prescribed. Yeah, these, no, these are all the entry gems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the more affordable ones, it's going to get you on the buying cycle. Yeah. Oh, I get he it. had a full back end. This yeah. guy, like he, it was amazing. His, he was running game like a champ. Wow. Ish, you know? Yeah. But he couldn't control his urges, which we'll get into later. But that was the whole deal, man. That's what he was doing. And that's what he did. And, and and I don't know what Stallone bought, if he did buy or if he didn't buy. Sly, call me. We can talk. I was going to say, maybe he'll, some bullshit. Maybe I know he'll you call know that. <laughs> uh, but that's why he got upset. Because he saw the car, which gives well, away. It's very hard to run game and go and say, hey, you know, dear, listen, you must buy, you know, $150,000 worth of gems to balance your, you know, negative, uh, you know, planetary influences and just be mad and free and, you know, missed off with, you know, Duchess uh, Nielsen and like. Right. That, this is how he talked. Right, it's right. Not how I so you talk. can't pull up That's in a clunker. Talks. Yeah. And run that game. Right. 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 But this guy didn't have two nickels to rub together. He didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of, except for the largesse of this gentleman. Hoyt Richards. In steps Hoyt. And, and at that point, I wasn't financing, really, because I was just starting my, my career, yeah. Great segue. So without getting more into that, that happened, whatever, whatever, I was still hooked. I was hooked. I was going nowhere. Looking back, I think that that concussion that I had... Uh, playing football. I, I played division one football like mm -hmm. Hoyt did. I was at Bowling Green State University in Northwest Ohio. Um, and, uh, you know, it affected my moods. 
and it affected my decision-making ability. Do you think you clearly. had CTE looking back? I would say without question. You know how all the NFL I, play- Yeah. Right. In those yeah. days, you just got your bell rung. Right. And you yeah. just And there were no protocols. It. Right. it was like, rub some dirt on it. It's like, but it's get my up. brain. And they're yeah. like, they need some dirt, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get yeah. back at it. Uh but so so I, I was I was intrigued, and right. as much as I love Southern California and San Diego, and man, I loved it. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven when we'd moved there, mm-hmm. and uh, I I left with I I, I almost in, I just kind of inserted myself into Freddie and John's life. I'm like I got to be around you guys. You're amazing. Da da da. Oh no 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 no. And he was like doing the takeaway. Yeah. And, and and anyway, I went to New York and I landed in New York in late '84, December 15th of 1984. And as soon as we got there, I was like, Oh my God, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. Well, and and, and I love this part. I'll backtrack a little bit. You took your parents took you to the airport oh, to bro. meet them. You have to hear this. You have to hear this scenario. Okay. So because he, he does it so spontaneously, his parents are like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> right. You know? As they wish, oh, as they should 21, be. Twenty one. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Twenty two. So, Twenty two. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so they give him the ride to the airport and darn take it from there. Hey, Man, it's oh, classic. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> Nice leading. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think this is a very good illustration of the poor decision-making abilities I was starting to display. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I did just that. Uh, They were going to leave on a Sunday morning. Saturday night live was going to come on at 1130. Mm -hmm. I was living at my parents' house, rent-free at the time, working. Hadn't been in San Diego very long. And... I went up at like 11, 15, 11, 20 to my parents' bedroom. And I was like, yeah, so I'm going to go to New York tomorrow. And I met these amazing guys and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get a job. I'll be working waiting tables. Be probably making like six or $700 a week, which was decent money back in back 1984. Yeah. And uh, I got a place to live. So I'm set. And, you know, I don't have to be under your house anymore because my dad started giving me grief about, you know, what the fuck are you going to do with your life? And, mm. and, uh, and they just kind of looked at me. I'm like, so I need to borrow 150 bucks for the plane fare. <laughs> what was that plane fare that you go to LA? Do you oh, remember yeah, that, uh, that uh, airline? Logan or something? Or what was it? Uh, I thought it was like Jet. It's not Jet Blue. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it, it it was, was like, that. It was the one to go to Europe too. Yeah. It was, it was 150 yeah. bucks from yeah. LA to New York, which was just unheard yeah. of. And and they just like, what, what, what? I'm like, we're going to come and we're going to drive you to the airport tomorrow. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't need to do that. I'm like, the they came. So we, yeah. we we drive up to the airport, we get to LA, and the flight is at 8.30, and it's 8.15, and there's no TSA checks or anything back in those right, days. So right. we're all at the gate. And <laughs> <laughs> last call for the flight to New York City, boarding uh, C rows three through 14. And I'm just sitting there like, where the fuck is this guy? Where the fuck is this yeah. guy? Right? And my mother and father just looking like, you know, my dad's just looking like like an like an like a hitman. Right. Like he's gonna right. kill somebody. <laughs> and my mom's not looking much less, you know, friendly. All of a sudden here comes Freddie, oh, here no. comes John, and then one other two other guys came. I'm like, who are these people? Right? There's a four person crew. Oh no. And I don't know who anybody is. Fred's hair is like going this way and going that way and going the other way. <laughs> He hadn't shaved. He had, like, I think his breath still stunk. The T-shirt was wrinkled or whatever he was wearing. Like, they were a hot mess. Oh, geez. It looked like Pigpen from the Peanuts cartoons <laughs> trumbling in. 
And he comes up and I go, oh, so, uh, you know, and I'm trying to play it off. I'm trying to Joe Cool it any way I can. So mom, dad, you know, this is Frederick von Mears and, uh, you know, he da-da-da-da-da and uh, da-da-da-da-da. And then I said the fateful line to my mother, um, he's a walk-in from the planet Arcturus and he's told me that I'm here to help save the... Oh, no. Oh, yeah, the planet. Oh, no. Priceless. Thank yeah. you. Priceless. Being a yeah. <laughs> my mother leans into my ear and she goes... He's a charlatan. He's a charlatan. <laughs> She's just keeping her all like this, smiling. He's a charlatan. He's a charlatan. <laughs> heaven, he- heaven forbid you listen to that moment. No. Yeah. No. And I'm like, no, nah, he's not mine. I got it. Trust me. It's all good. <laughs> See you later. And my dad's looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just, I'll be gone. I'm leaving on a jet plane. And that was that, man. Oh, that's classic. Yeah. yeah. I met him shortly thereafter. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Like, how long after that did you meet Hoyt? Hoyt was still going to Princeton. Right. Yeah, I said one more year. And he rolled in on a weekend. Okay. And, you know, he was a very interesting looking guy because you were so fucking blonde. Yeah, yeah. And blue eyed. And, right. you know, we were both younger and prettier. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gravity does take its effect. It does, yeah. <laughs> but I, I prefer this to the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had on, you know, some some sweatshirt or something, and and like he had this blonde hair, like like the brother had been in 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 Southern California surfing his whole life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this does not compute. Right. Freddie immediately established a, a rivalry between he and I. Mm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He wanted Freddie almost immediately started knocking me as much as he could, knocking me down, knocking me down, knocking me down, knocking me down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I was young and dumb and didn't really, you know, get anything. And like, well, just gonna... so he was trying to tell me like Hoyt is like refined and elegant. And he's, he used to call him Lord H all the time, right? Lord H. I don't mean to make you uncomfortable. No, yeah, it's, no, it's fine. But, well, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, wait, everyone was some Duke or Duchess or you know, something. Except for me. <laughs> oh, no. Cinderfella. Cinderfella. Yeah. Almost literally. Yeah. You know, the old Jerry Lewis movie. I was Cinderfella. Swear to God. You Everybody could be else Cinderfella. Was... Nice. Right? He okay. missed that. Freddie missed that. All these years, I never picked Cinder up on Fella. it. You're good. Right? Mm-hmm. You're good. <laughs> so, so, you know, he starts telling me how Hoyt's this and Hoyt's that. And, you know, you'll never be that, you know, refined. And you must learn how to be that refined. I'm like, part of me, again, is like, fuck you, man. <gasps> and the other part is like, Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, but I don't dislike this yeah. guy. And we start talking, and, and I can see that he's wickedly uncomfortable. I don't even know if you mm. remember that. You were stirring like rice or something. <laughs> and in uh, uh, the kitchen, and, right. and, and the apartment was teeny tiny, man. Like two people in the kitchen. Yeah, you're like, you're like bumping into each other. Oh, yeah. 100%. Right. 100%. And he's saying all this stuff to me, and, and I can see that Hoy's getting uncomfortable. I'm getting irritated by the minute, trying to keep it down. And then Fred leaves the room, the kitchen. There's three of us in that tiny kitchen, right? Yeah. So it was intense. And, yeah. And then Hoyt and I started talking. I'm like, well, this guy's cool as fuck. I like this guy. He's like, he's normal. Okay, right. cool. Uh, and then he was gone, like, you know. Back to college. Back to college. Yeah. And, and I was off being Cinder Fellow, cleaning the apartment endlessly. Yeah. That's insane. Right? It's just a totally normal story. Yeah. But then but then you started working with Chris. Right. right so the deal painting. was Fred told yeah. me I was gonna be I could stay in four N, this apartment, 
which is in Sutton Place, 54th and 1st. And I was like... Manhattan. Right, in yeah. Manhattan. Yeah. I'd never been to Manhattan. I was completely enamored of the whole New York experience. Right. I'm just scared. I still have the apartment, yeah. Still has it. You still have the yeah. apartment? Yeah, yeah, right. Wait, I have to segue for a second. Is that hard for you to keep that apartment? No, I have, it, a, I have, a, I have a tenant in You there. have a tenant, yeah. so it's not triggering yeah. you, obviously, because no. you're not in no. it. Smart so move. So it's still there, yeah. So weird, man. I know. It's so weird. So carry on. <laughs> it, gets, it gets much better. So, so you could stay in 4N. So I could stay in 4N, and I was going to work at this restaurant on day two of me being there. And by the way, there were no beds anywhere in this place. I'm like, where do we sleep? And it was a trip. 4N was a trip. Everything was deep blue, violet, turquoise. And the walls had been painted this high gloss, so it looked like a lacquer finish. And it was just like, wow. So the carpet was deep turquoise? The, correct. The carpet was deep turquoise. Well, it wasn't all carpeted. It was, I don't remember. It was originally wood, it was, and, then, and then we put the marble on top. Wood, and then we did. We took the wood out and put them. I was part of that team, yeah, because yeah, mm -hmm. I, I started painting. Anyway, on day pink, two. Pink, this pink place, marble. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, like I can paint the picture with words, but honest to God, unless you see the visual, it doesn't do it justice. Yeah, yeah. You would go, the minute I walked into Foreign the first time, and I think anyone would say this, I think he would yeah. say, I know he would. Yeah. You would enter a timeless space. Mm. There were no clocks anywhere. He had a, a, everything was this high gloss, you know, finish this right. deep violet blue it was really something else and it just made you just and the city new age music playing yeah air purifiers so there's all this fresh air the plants everywhere it was like it was like it's you know, like nothing you'd ever like seen walking in your life. through the the the, the mirror in, in in alice in wonderland like, wow you know, you're just well like, put yeah yeah well put yeah you're like where am i exactly where <laughs> am i what's going on and and this music Brian Eno, much respect, made a, an album called Music for Airports. And I think it was post-Genesis or in between, a layoff between Genesis and the beginning of his, his solo career, mm -hmm. whatever it was. There's a track in there in Music for Airports. There are four tracks. And one of them is just, and it just goes on and on like that. It's just tonal. Mm. And I don't know what, you know, Mr. Eno's reason for putting that, if they played that in airports, it would make the whole travel experience better, 100%. Mm -hmm. And that's playing in there. And it just like, all the stress of the city disappeared and you're in this little place and you're like, wow, this is a trip. On day two of that trip, and remind you, you're timeless and, and I'm very disoriented. Right, right. And I don't know if it's night or day outside because he's got walls of green plants blocking the windows He's got air conditioners going 24-7 in the middle of winter, right? And he's yeah. got these lights on, and, and yet it wasn't freezing cold, but it was always cool. And he goes, uh, you have to leave. To you? Yeah. I'm like, that's funny. Where am I going to go? I, he goes, you have to leave. Christopher's going to come down. He's going to teach you how to work with your hands. You're an egomaniac. More of that knocking <laughs> me down. I'm like, I'm an egomaniac. What the fuck? I'm, what, I, what? I just what? got here. Yeah, I yeah. just got here, dude. I'm I, cleaning I, your apartment. I dropped my whole life behind me. Yeah, yeah I left everything. Yeah. What the fuck is going on with this guy? But at the same time, you are out of your mind and I cannot take my eyes off of you. And I want to see where this is going to go. I got to see how this ends. And I don't have two nickels to rub together. Thank right. you very much. Mm -hmm. Literally, right. I didn't have a dime on me. 
Right. Not a dime. That's how, st- <laughs> how stupid I was. Mm. No, you were 21. Yeah. I know lots of 22-year-olds who are multimillionaires. Right. Who would think twice about jumping on a plane, you know? So this guy, Christopher, shows up, and I immediately dislike him. Immediately dislike you. Hi, Chris. I still dislike you. <laughs> I forgive you, and you should call me. We should talk. Mm. Um and he had a painting business. And uh, I was like, all right. So he goes, you're going to go to South Bronx. I'm like, South Bronx? That sounds, that sounds far. gnarly. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. sounds far. That sounds really weird. And so uh, anyway, I talked to Chris. He was really indifferent, callous, and very emotionally detached. Very emotionally detached. The opposite of Freddie. And Freddie's telling me how this guy's amazing and I'm going to go run his crew for him. Like, bro, I've never painted in my life. I don't know what I'm doing. Wow. You'll learn. You'll learn. You need to work with your hands. In the future, you're going to have to build things from the beginning. I'm going to need a bunch of people to be a worker and you're a good worker. And I'm like, because you're big, you're strong, you know, because I'd played football. I was in great shape, whatever. I'm like, all right. But he's, he would, he would alternately play into the things he knew that would get me excited mm-hmm. and keep me on. And then as soon as I was like, he would tell me I was, you know, an asshole, an egomaniac, right. full of as shit. As soon as you felt comfortable with what you were doing, he would switch it up. Slap me. Yeah. And then he'd pet me, pet yeah. me, pet me. And he'd yeah. slap, 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 slap. Yep. And then be really cold. And it might take two or three days, maybe a week. And then he'd start to pet me again. Mm-hmm. And there was this cycle, cycle. of abusive behavior. Right. right. <clears throat> I go, okay, great. So Chris leaves and Freddie goes, you have to go now. And I'm like, it's nine o'clock, bro. I don't know where I'm going. He goes, you just take the subway. I'm like, the subway? Yeah. I didn't even have words. I was so freaked out by the whole thing and the way it was going down. And I'm trying to Joe Cool it like when we first yeah. met. Yeah. And I'm not doing a good job, I don't think. Um. Wow. Yeah. So I I had two giant suitcases. I had an overnight bag. <laughs> I had, and then I had like one of those shoulder, those big shoulder bags. It was a Samsonite set right. that my parents gave me. Yeah. You know, you crazy bastard. Here, at least take this so you can take your clothes. Right. I had a suntan. I had a t-shirt on. I had a pair of those checkerboard van shoes that Sean Penn made famous in Fast Times at Richmond High. I swear to God, I had a pair of Levi's on and I had a jean jacket on. It was 15 degrees outside. Oh my gosh. I swear to you. I walk, don't know, I don't know Manhattan from anything. Literally, a SoCal boy. And I trundle off from 54th and 1st up to the subway, which is just below Bloomies on 59th right. and Lex. Mm-hmm. It's a good walk in 15 degrees yeah. in a pair of Vans, tennis shoes, and your jean jacket. Wow. Humping all this suitcase, right? And so I somehow, I don't know, I'm so, dude, I was so tense. I get on the subway and I hope I'm on the right line. I don't know. I asked a couple people and they looked at me and their whole attitude was like, fuck you, why are you talking to me? Right. Oh, wow. Welcome you guys, to New York. Awesome. Yeah, I was just going to say New York. that. Yeah. Welcome to New York. You get yeah, on man. the subway and 59th Street, next stop is 77th Street. 77th Street, next stop is 96th Street. 96th Street, all the white people leave. <laughs> Not some of the white people, 
all the white people leave. And I'm me, it's my lily white ass, suntanned, albeit. Right. And black and Latin people on the train. Latinx people on the train. That's it. Right? And they were cool. A couple looked over at me like, you know, fuck is white boy doing here? <laughs> and rightly so. Right. 96th Street, we go up to 100 and uh, 113th, I think it is, 115th Street, I don't remember. Then we stop, next stop is 125th. Now we're in Spanish Harlem. And then the next stop is you get into the, uh, to the Bronx, and it's 3rd Street. Like, you get off at 3rd Street. I'm like, cool, or 3rd Avenue. And so I get out, and I walk up, and, it, and it, that, that stop, you took the four, the five, or the six up there, and, and that stop on 3rd Avenue comes out of a, hus- at a housing project. Where am I? By mm. now, it's like, I want to say, like 11 o'clock, 11.30. And no cell phones then. Mm. No, 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 no communication, no, no, no nothing. No. no, I don't know that I even had, maybe John, maybe Fred slid me a 20, maybe some change. I don't really remember, man. I don't remember. I'm so out of my element, and I'm like, all right, shit just got real. Right. And I'm looking around, and I'm in the middle of a housing project, and there's th- the streets are going this way, and they're going that way. It's not like Ma- Manhattan, which is yeah. laid out kind of a checkerboard like, yeah, pattern, right? Right. right. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Be cool, dude. Be cool. You're already drawing attention. I'm 6'3", I'm suntanned, and I ain't dressed for the elements. <laughs> <laughs> right. There was this bar, and I think the bar was called, I don't know, in my mind, it's like the Blue Flame or something. They had a blue neon sign. And I was like, I'm going to go over there. Again, my decision-making abilities are off. Well, lights I on, see, at least. I, <laughs> uh, dude, I can't even believe this. It's so crazy. I see this guy. He's a little bit taller than me. And uh, this is how clueless I was. And he's having an argument with these two younger gr- women. And he's got a big hat on with a big wide brim. And a full-length mink on. And these two ladies are dressed in mini skirts and heels. Still no bells are going on. Really? No, none. Clueless as fuck. But mostly scared out of my mind. And I needed to know how to get to this address. Right. And so I walk up. And this guy, he's like 6'4". And he's mad as... He's mad. He's mad at the girls. Yes, I can. I I can assume what happened. I don't know. I'm, right. I, I think they weren't bringing in the money, or they dropped the ball in some other way. Excuse me, sir. Um, could you tell me where uh, one twelve? What it is? You know, I'm reading off this address, and and he turns around and goes, "The fuck do you want, you honky motherfucker?" <laughs> and he just starts going off on me, motherfucker. I will kill your ass. You must be crazy. He starts screaming at the top of his lungs. And I just, like, I just remember all the energy just drained out of me. Next thing I know, he reaches into his jacket and he pulls out a cannon. A cannon? Like like a hand cannon. It's like what Clint Eastwood used mm. in, in the Dirty Harry movies. My right hand to God. If I, if I pitched this in a writer's room, they'd kick me out. They'd be like, <laughs> just go get the coffee, Dar. Seriously. Mm. He puts the thing on my forehead, not at me, on my forehead, and he's just going off. He called me everything but a child of God. 
little joke. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, wow. So uh, my background is we moved a lot in my family. We moved a lot. That's a whole other conversation. I'm always used to being, and I didn't realize it, now I'm looking back in my life, I, I was used to being in, in awkward situations, mm -hmm. and I was used to being the interloper in situations. I was used to having a lot of curveballs thrown at me, which is why I was rolling with this mm. shit. Pretty, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I mean, I don't know many people who would have done what I did without just saying, fuck this and getting on the train right. to Newark or right. to, you know, JFK, right? right, right. Or LaGuardia, right? Get no, me not out of me. here. Ho, let's go up to the South Bronx and get a gun pointed in my head. Right. right. And I look at the guy and I just went, my mother was an ER nurse and, and I used to be in hospitals all the time and she would come home and tell all these horror stories. And so I, I, there was, I have this facility to kind of deescalate mm -hmm. intense situations. I don't know how I came about it. That, I can just tell you that. Right. And I, I said, I'm so sorry, sir. I didn't mean to bother you. Please let me leave now, and I will never bother you again. And as, as I was saying it, I wasn't asking for permission, even though I was being right. that way. And I just kept moving back. Backing up. Back, hmm. back. And he was, oh, man, he was so fucking pissed. And his finger was on the trigger. Mm -hmm. One of the girls took pity on me. And she's like, man, shut the fuck up. Let me talk to him. What the fuck is wrong? Get that gun down. Da -da -da -da. I was like, thank God, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. She turns at me and she might be like a year older than me, two years mm -hmm. older than me, right? Young black girl, two young black girls, very angry black man. And he must have been like 40 something. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, you got to go, baby. And I said, I need to go here. If you just tell me here, I'll be gone. She goes, you see that down there? And she points to you know, like a block and a half away. She goes, that's the address. Walk there. Don't look up. Don't look back. Keep your head high and don't stop moving until you get there. And don't ever do anything like this again. Now get out of here. You dumb motherfucker. Right. And I was like, okay, got it. I'm gone. And I left. And that was my entrance. That was my entree into this. And I get into this building and... This guy has gotten this, Chris has got this place on the fifth floor of this, this clock tower of this old, um, what, what's the word? The clothing manufacturing? Garment. Oh, garment. Like, garment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, garments. And it's 5,000 square feet. And he'd, he'd fashioned like 1,200 square feet of living space. So there's like 3,800 feet mm -hmm. of, of open raw space and right. he had painting equipment and did painting and stuff in there and there was a washer and dryer and there was this industrial bathroom and i was like this is just so weird this just keeps getting more and more <laughs> weird and uh yeah that's what i did i lived in the south bronx from then on and i started to learn how to paint and chris and i had a very contentious relationship because he's a prick and a That'll controlling one <laughs> all right well let me ask you this because yeah so, so in that scenario, it looks, it sounds all very uh, intimidating and awful. So, what, so what, what made you stay? You know, like, like you were there for how many years, right? So, yeah. so, so I think it's always good to offset some of the weirdness with there were some things that were working, you know, that were interesting, or yeah. And so you no kind of because otherwise, otherwise we all get painted as like, what, <laughs> yeah, why, why did you stay? Yeah, right. So, well, yeah, I mean, good point. You know, like I said, it. As 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 screwed up as all that was, mm -hmm. 
I'm, I'm swearing so much on your program. <laughs> Forgive me. Oh, feel free. And I have to add, I love swearing because I wasn't allowed to swear for 17 years. Okay. Well, so now I, I just I embrace it. I, I wallow baby, in off. it. So go ahead. Uh, um, it was interesting, man. Mm. Like, so the, the living space at the loft was painted similarly to 4N. Different, but like you walked into this 1200 square foot thing that he'd partitioned off with drywall from floor to ceiling. And the ceilings were like, whoa, like 15 foot high. Yeah. Ceilings? Yeah. It's pretty high. They're yeah. they big. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. big. And, um, it was painted this deep, dark, you know, uh, the, uh, violet blue and there were pink highlights and green highlights, just like it was at 4N. And it was just the same thing. There were no clocks anywhere. <laughs> and, you know, it was just like, wow. And there's these plants everywhere and ionizers and air purifiers and it was just like this is such a trip and that intrigued me and there was a pseudo spiritual aspect to it which attracted me mm -hmm. i know it attracted yeah. you it never got it it never got discussed enough but to answer your question directly it was interesting and there was a lot of variety and i crave that right there was that bit of spirituality, which we didn't have in my house growing up at all. My father just, he didn't want to talk about it. He thought religion was, you know, the reason for all wars. And mm. so, but, and, and I wasn't ready to go like, my mother was a Mormon. My father was a, she was raised Mormon. My father was raised Muslim. Mm. That's an interesting combo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've got three brothers. I'm the oldest of four boys and all oh, three wow. of my brothers are gay. And we moved all the time. Now, I look like Joe Apple Pie, yet my name is very Persian. Right. And so the same with my brothers. So it was it was an interesting upbringing. Like maybe this kind of fills in all those blanks. So like right. I'm used to curveballs. I'm used to getting, you know, teed off on. I'm used to having people mm. say stuff. It, and then the other thing was like he was interesting. And I got to be there at the beginning of his career. And when you say he, for those that are listening, Hoyt was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hoyt, yeah, yeah, Hoyt was interesting because he was yeah. like this normal guy and like, what's up with like, what, why do you look like a surfer? What's going on? <laughs> like, how does Hoyt fit into this yeah, puzzle? What, what, and what the yeah. fuck, right? Like, what, and why is like, why are there so many Ivy League grads here? Mm. And like, what? this is so wild. And what's with the gems? Like, so this is all intriguing. It wasn't total, uh, you know, constant abuse because you're right. Mm. <laughs> you know, right. You, you'd no, say, Then we'd all be here. masochists. Yeah, yeah. But, right. Yeah, so well, there, well, it yeah. got to that point, which yeah. is why we both, right. we bounced. But right. that took a lot of time. Yeah. Wait, how long were you in total? Uh, I was five years in New York. I got kicked out. Which is a great also thing to because I have ways to, to leave a call. Like I said in another episode, you can either leave on your own, you get pulled out by an intervention, or get booted. And I think the most severe is that ladder. Thank thank you for yeah. acknowledging that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's and, and I love you know when you when you get to that point of, of what it took to get you to leave, I think you know, talk about, I'd love to hear how, how that affected your psyche at the time. Cause that's, oh that's God. devastating. I mean, you know, just even hearing about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I'd like at some point to relate to, cause I know it sounds like you didn't dislike Hoyt. Like you, no, no, you saw no, a lot not of great. Quite. No, no. Yeah. I, I thought he was great. Right. And then the other thing was to lead into, to, to, you know, like, why did I stay? 
I got to meet everybody else over the course of time, and everybody else was just fascinating. Fascinating. And we all were kindred spirits. Yes. And we all were interested in the same type of thing. We had the same type of personality traits. And you were working for the same cause, so to speak. Okay, great, great point. That's the biggest reason anybody stays right. at this. Because the hook is emotional. Yep. Everyone thinks it's psychological, mm. right? No. Like he got, you know. No, it's emotional for sure. 100%. 100%. Right? You're not going to talk somebody out of a cult. Logically, this is what happened. No, 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 no. Yeah. Your job, if you're smart, is to zip it and let them talk. Yeah. And listen with your full attention and then ask probing questions that are open-ended. You got to let that emotion come out of that person because trust me, that's what everybody does is just shove it down and mm-hmm. shove it down. You're not allowed to have a feeling. Right. Right? Like in our case, you're being weak or lazy yeah. or. Oh, right. Yeah. Repressed. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so, yeah, all the, the people were great. Everyone was, was like good looking, ob- you know, obviously, right? Uh, the women were beautiful, the girls were, were beautiful. Uh, it was fun. We laughed a lot. Right. Uh, I like to laugh. I always look for the humor. That's how I've, you know, my whole life has been that way. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, there was a lot of simpatico there. Right. I didn't get to see everybody often enough, but when I did, mm. fuck, it was, it, was a, it was great. Right. 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 Uh, so, you know, that's why I stayed. And even if it sucked balls, which it did, mm-hmm. to work with Chris and go do this painting, I was learning a trade. A trade. Begrudgingly. Right. I'd never done it before, but there was a a there was a lib there's there's you know there's a liberation in working it's a fine line to tread because a very nasty fellow named Hitler used that at yeah. the camps. Mm-hmm. Uh but there is a liberation that I found. Let me just talk about myself in this thing. Working with my hands, sanding a wall to perfection and preparing it to put primer on and then preparing that to put the finished coat on and then put the next finished coat on so that it looked like mm-hmm. smooth glass, you know. And then like Hoyt said, when we did the floors in 4N, you know, who went in there and tore that sh- Your boy went in right. there and tore that shit yeah. up. Sindar fella. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was not just me, but it was. There were like there were three of us that worked on this crew. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And and then the other thing was with Chris. The good part of it is, it was smart. He had a an, a, um, uh, an affluent clientele. Mm. Like if you're going to go into business, definitely market toward people with money, because it's less BS. And if you do a great job you're going to always be employed. And that's what we did. So like we got to work with a lot of famous people and a lot of really wealthy people. And, and that was interesting. That was really interesting to be honest. Right. You know, so. Well, I'm wondering, our producer just gave us the 10 minute warning shot, (laughs) shot from the bow. So I'm wondering if maybe you guys could dovetail to what happened at the end, because you kind of touched on that in the beginning, how you guys, well, it, yeah, I, I think I think you know, get up to your leaving, and then uh, and and keep it you know as concise as you can, and then also um, 
uh, we'll just jump forward to when I left and and we reconnected. I guess would probably be. So okay, yeah. uh, I'll try to keep this. I'll try to keep it tight. Yeah. So uh, I was there five years. There were bad times, obviously. There were great times. The thing that got me kicked out was twofold. I was having an. I just like I'd had enough of the bullshit. I was afraid to speak my mind, and and uh, I saw this gem scam going on mm-hmm. in front of my eyes. And one night I said something about it and uh, Freddie came unglued and that Iranian guy that I'd mentioned, Pharaoh, he was there. And so I started speaking in Farsi to Pharaoh. I'm like, you know, dude, what, what do you do? What the fuck is this? This is, these aren't even like this. What is this? Right. These are inferior quality. And he says to me in Farsi, don't ask me anything that I have to lie about. Now, Fred doesn't speak Farsi, but he could feel something was right. up. And uh, two days later, you're out. I was out. You're out of here. Yeah. So I got kicked out and I thought my world had come to an end because the party line was 25,000 incarnations mm, yeah, yeah. to get like this that. chance again. Mm. <laughs> I believed it. Yeah. I believed it. So you believed it would take 25,000 more lifetimes. Yeah. If Whatever you, if, that if means. If you blew right. this opportunity. With sure. him. Yeah. With him. This exalted being mm. who walked into this body from Arcturus to help leaders of the new age, which we were all going to be, mm. allegedly, yeah. that was the hook. The aliens were going to come. and eh. So I, I was despondent. And Freddie wouldn't take my calls. And I went back to San Diego and I started to drink, binge drink like a motherfucker. I started to smoke weed like a motherfucker. Mm. I really loved weed. Drinking, uh-huh. uh, I started to have lots of dates with women. And I'll just leave it at that. And I would find myself in doing dangerous activities. Right. Because I... You blew it, right? Well, yeah. yeah. So you, what, who it's cares? A, it's a form, yeah. it's a form I, of yeah, like, self punishment really yeah yeah, like, yeah. it's that's absolutely what it was yeah. so right. uh we 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 met up and i'd moved to los angeles to pursue my acting career in in earnest and i was working in marina del rey one night hoyt rolls in with fabio like what the <laughs> fuck came back up mm-hmm. we haven't mentioned his name yet fabio, fabio the model the infamous fabio the infi- yeah. infamous who, 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 who long-haired one of, fir- one of the first models i met when i started my career and fabio. We've, we've been friends ever since so and you guys yeah. are still friends oh yeah still yeah. very close yeah yeah fabio's cool Fa- fabio's nothing like what everyone thinks he is or right. how he's portrayed and I always, I always admired Fabio's ability to let all that shit roll off his back. Right. The truth of the matter is, Fabio comes from a very well-to-do family and doesn't need any of this Hollywood nonsense right. or any of those you know, book covers that he used to do. He doesn't need any of it. And if you get to know him and talk to him, honest to God, he's, he is a truly beautiful soul. No, I've always heard that he was an amazing human. Yeah. I've, I've heard that's just it, it, his, his reputation. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he's he's, he's authentic. He's yeah, he's rock solid. Yeah. He really is. So uh, so anyway, Hoyt and I talk. What's going on? And and I'm at work, and he says, you know, I'm like, so where's 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 Frederick? And he's like, uh, Frederick died in 1990. And I was like, uh, I almost broke down. He's like, keep it together, bro. And I'm like, okay. We met up the next day. I'm going to condense this, and I went back to North Carolina. He helped facilitate that. Mm-hmm. His career was in full swing at that point. And got what back year to was this? So it was 94. 94. So at this point, we've moved from Manhattan down to North Carolina, where we've created a new operation, a new compound, and all these sort of things. And That was the place the aliens were going to come and pick us up, because we were 2,000, 2,200 feet 
up yeah. in the mountains. Yeah. That was the spot. That e- was the easy, easy landing spot. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Don't look at me like that. I mean, yeah. everybody knows that's where the aliens go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, so, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> no, it happens. I understand. Uh, and so, so I was down there for two years, and and things got really ugly down there. Really. Can ugly. I interject? Like, when did it happen? I know at one point you were forced to do mushrooms, Hoyt, and then there was one point when you got oh, your oh, head that was, shaved. That, that was like, a, yeah, the head shaving happened down in North Carolina, and that was actually after DAR. Um, okay. So, DAR, you were down there how many, two years, three years? I was down there from 94 to, uh, the like, October 94 to, like, October of 96, so almost right. exactly two years. And, and, and just before I left, which is a whole story, and we don't have time for that now, he started to get grief. Uh, and I don't remember the, the 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 specifics of it. And I don't know th- how important it is or what he mm. wants to share. But one of the things was he was supposed to just come in off the road because he was gone uh, 365 mm. days out of year. <laughs> this brother was gone like 340 days a year yeah. on the road working. Right. 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 Funding the machine. Funding the machine. Correct. And somehow the guy who was in charge at that time, David Seaman, yeah. uh, a not a pleasant human being on anybody's radar. Um, I think that would be very easy consensus. Sorry, Dave, got to tell the truth. Uh, had decided that this was what he needed. It was to come in off the road and they're going to shave his head and he was just going to be like Cinderfell, the new Cinderfella. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So Hoyt and I meet up. He he escapes. He does his escape. And I'd been out you know, in, in L.A., for about a year at that point. And well, he and I, well, you left in 96, I left in 99. So it had actually been like three years. Three years, okay. Yeah, so yeah. 96 to 99, I still hadn't yeah. acknowledged I was in a cult, didn't know what it was, all fucked up. And I had this massive legal case. Massive legal case. Which is a whole other story. Which is a which whole other we'll story. for a yeah, follow-up yeah, yeah. episode. But, but so, yeah, so we both coincide in LA at the same time. I, I Like I said, I left under the premise of not recognizing it was a cult either, but we both recognized we were not in great situations. I was living with Fabio, had kind of extended my welcome. You know, I, I was I was there rent free, and I didn't know where I was going to where. And then I luckily was able to connect with Dar, and he was in a kind of a crazy living situation. And we said, you know, why don't we get out of that and actually live with <laughs> live with each other? That's very kind of you. Yeah, I wasn't a yes, yeah. I was. And so. Uh, <laughs> And and that's when we started to deconstruct this thing. You know, our first six months Amazing. of living together, um, and then and it was it was almost like a mutual thing. We came to this realization, like, well, it couldn't have been a cult, right? And he's like, no, 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 no. I I'm like, there's no. Way. And I'm like, do you know much of any about cults? And Darth's like, no, no. And that's when we started investigating. Went on online, got the best-selling book on cults, which is Steve Hassan's book, mm-hmm. combating cult mind control. He and was the one who, you're, you're the one who led that. Yeah. I, I wasn't interested in looking. I was yeah. still like, I don't yeah. want to talk about so, that. So I'm like, mm-hmm. boop, got it. And I was like, there's, you know, that's where all the points of, of what's goes on in the cult. And it was just point by point that's, by point. Yeah. That's, and, and that's when you looked at me that one day. I, like, like, I was like, dude, I think bro, we're in a cult. Yeah. And that's when and the whole I'll game I'll never changed. forget that. I, I just, it was like, it was like a bomb went off in my right. head. And then it was just, he was talking, but all I heard was, the old Snoopy, the Charlie Brown thing. Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 yeah. wah, 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 wah. Right. And it took about a minute before I could hear right. what he was saying again. Right. Yeah. I, I relate to that a lot. Yeah. So on another episode, we'll get into the whole recovery process because we're yes. running out of time. But that yes. was that was where it began for both of us. Yeah. And uh, and we and which is going to be interesting to talk about at another time. We took different tacks. 
mm-hmm. you know, you know, of how, how yeah. to deal with it. But then we kind of dovetailed back together, you know, recently mm-hmm. more you know, a few years ago. And um, now it's been great. You know, we kind of talk about it, things openly and it's, it's a continual healing process. It, it's such an asset to have someone from your group who also is on the same page as you that you right. can talk about stuff. So, right. that, you know, besides meeting Dar at that time, the continual relationship has really been incredibly healing right. for me. So thank you again. Thank you, friend. dude. No, I, I mean, you saved my life. Yeah. I mean, we saved each other's yeah, life. I, absolutely. I'm, I'm well aware of that. It just, yeah. I don't want to start breaking down crying, but uh, mm-hmm. still waters run deep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Dar, we'll have to have you back for sure. That's a, That was act one. We'll have you back for act two for sure because I do have more questions. So I'm like, and darn it. he's a good storyteller. He's a great storyteller. Yeah. You have a great voice, by the way. I really like Thanks. it. Thanks. Thank you. Well, and what you guys said is a great segue to mm. setting up the next episode because on the next episode, I'm bringing on my friend Nixie from my cult, which I haven't really got into yet. Yeah. And um, I would definitely say that Nixie saved me as well. We left around the same time. We got divorced around the same time. We Our, our husbands were friends. We all met in the cult together. Mm. Uh, um, we're incredibly entrenched in each other's lives. And so when her and I left, divorced our husbands at the same time, um, we definitely were each other's hospital. Mm. You know, it was just mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. We're not crazy. Yeah. And we would just talk, yeah. talk, 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 and yeah. and continually just remind each other of all the the similarities. So I'm so excited that Nixie's going to be on. Um, actually, I was Nixie's discipler. Everyone in our group, it was a uh, like a pyramid scheme. Right. It was the discipleship tree. And right. you, everyone had someone in charge of them. You couldn't go anywhere, do anything without checking in. Like I had to get advice on when I could do my laundry. Oh wow! So it was just micromanaged. We wow. didn't have that hierarchy. Uh, oh yeah, we were written out, but that was. Oh no, we had was, it written out. Yeah, on yeah, we paper. Did, we didn't have that. Yeah, so, yeah. So the goalposts were always moving. The sh- the width of the field, the playing time, the rules were always changing for us. Right. I kind of envy that you had ours. A did a little though. It depended on what they wanted to accomplish. Then we would focus on a different scripture and then adjust things, right. you know, accordingly. So I think they of all course. changed to their own benefit. Yeah, of course. But um. Make sure that you check out our TikTok page. It's getting super fun on there. Lots of storytelling. Lots of, I think you mentioned laughter, organic humor. Uh, helps the medicine go down a little bit easier and Gotta makes you feel validated right and not alone. Yeah. So, uh, What the Flock Instagram, What the Flock TikTok. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, and I will, how about I close this out with our scripture of the day? Go for I it. I think it, it ties things, Go dovetails it. nicely. Until the lion tells his side of the story, the tale will always glorify the hunter. Perfect. History is written by the winners. Yes, that's for sure. Yeah. So remember... Guard your hearts and your minds, my friends. No one should have control of these except you. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank Thanks, you, Dar. Dar. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, it's Shell again. If you like our show, don't forget to tell your friends and hit that subscribe button.